Mexic clinical pills. Now that we've assessed our patient to be hypovolemic, we need to do something about it. When we're prescribing fluids, we always need to consider the five R's. Resuscitation, reassessment, routine maintenance, replacement, and redistribution. First, let's start with resuscitation. If we can identify a cause, we should do so and respond in the appropriate way, so for whatever that may be. We can also give a fluid bolus, and generally what you should do is you should give 500ml over less than 15 minutes. In terms of what solution you should use, normal saline and Hartman solutions are good candidates here because they're less likely than other fluids to compromise the patient's sodium levels. We should then reassess the patient after we've done, we've given that fluid bolus uh, to check if they require any additional resuscitation. If they do, we can safely continue to give boluses of 250 to 500 ml uh, up until we're given uh, two litres in total. Once we hit the two litre mark, uh, we might need to consider more specialised help. This is when things get a little bit more tricky. It's worth noting that what I've just said, uh, these are just guidelines and they don't take into account the patient's entire situation. Fluid resuscitation can be tricky, particularly in critically ill patients. And if you weren't sure of your assessment or if two litres of fluid had already been given, or if the patient had complex issues such as shock, sepsis, or burns, you should seek expert help and escalate to someone else. Now that our patient is being resuscitated, we're almost ready to move on to routine maintenance. Before we do that, first we need to identify if there are any ongoing fluid or electrolyte deficits or excesses. We can do this by reassessing fluid status and checking electrolyte levels, and if there, are, if there are any losses, we should replace them accordingly by either adding or subtracting from our maintenance fluid calculations. We also need to consider that fluid and electrolytes can move between different fluid compartments in the body. This process is called redistribution. Signs that this might be happening abnormally include gross edema, so things like peripheral edema, pulmonary edema, ascites, uh, fluid retention, and mal malnourishment. Tackling abnormal redistribution can be tricky, and again, if this is occurring, we should be guided by someone more senior, and we should escalate to get a little bit of extra help. Once you've established the patient's blood pressure and corrected their fluid deficits, you need to ask yourself whether or not they're able to look after their own intake. This will determine how aggressive you need to be with IV fluid replacement. If you have a patient who's not fasting and can manage all their required fluid, electrolyte and caloric intake orally, then great. They don't need any extra fluid, but for everyone else, they'll require varying degrees of management. With an accurate fluid balance chart, you can calculate their total oral intake and knowing the daily requirements, subtract their oral intake from the total requirement. What you have left over should be given intravenously to ensure that they do not become fluid or electrolyte deplete. The commonly taught methods for calculating daily fluid requirement can be done with two equations either A, the 4 to 1 rule for an hourly rate, or B, the 150-20 rule for a daily requirement. The 4 to 1 rule essentially dictates that a person requires 4 mils per kilo per hour of fluid for the first 10 kilograms of body weight, 2 mils per kilo per hour for the next 10, and then 1 mil per kilo per hour for every kilogram of body weight thereafter. So for example, in a 70 kilogram patient, that would equate to about 110 mils per hour or 
2.64 litres in a day. The simpler equation is the 150-20 rule, which is similar to 4-2-1, but rather than calculating an hourly rate, it calculates fluid requirements for an entire 24-hour period. Using this, the 70 kilogram patient's 24-hour requirement with this formula would be 2.5 litres per day. There's a caveat to these two rules though. They're mostly used in the management of paediatric patients. Though adults can be managed with these formulas, they might not actually require that much if they're otherwise well. The UK's National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, or otherwise known as NICE, guidelines recommend about 25 to 30 mils per kilo per day for adults, which for our 70 kilogram adult patient, that would only mean about 1.75 to 2.1 litres a day. In addition to water, people also need electrolytes. The essential ones are sodium, which you need 1 to 2 millimoles per kilo in a day, potassium, which you need half to 1 millimole per kilo, and glucose, of which patients usually need about 50 to 100 grams. And What's important to note about glucose is that the 50 to 100 grams is not actually enough for caloric intake. Finally, you must also account for what additional losses your patients experience. Someone who's suffering from ongoing diarrhea and vomiting will have additional fluid requirements compared to someone who's fasting for an operation in the afternoon. A fluid balance chart keeps a record of the volume of outputs that require replacement. Keep in mind that different fluid types, such as gastric fluid, urine, sweat, etc., all have different electrolyte properties too, which you must also consider replacing. To make it even harder, there are also fluid losses which can't be recorded. These are known as insensible losses, and the most common example is due to fever. On average, an adult loses 100 to 150 mils per day for every degree they are above 37 degrees Celsius. Thanks, Hal. It's important to factor in a patient's ongoing losses when giving fluids. This just drives from the fact that fluid therapy is very individualised. We wouldn't expect a child to be receiving the same amount of fluid as an adult. With a higher body surface area to mass ratio, children are likely to become hypothermic and are more sensitive to fluid loss. Hence, Calculation and delivery of fluids in the paediatric population is a delicate matter. In paediatric DKA, for example, fluid replacation is typically done over 48 hours instead of trypolysis. This is to minimise any sudden changes in seromosmolality. Apart from age, there are other factors which alter one's fluid requirements. As Mayu alluded to previously, we must be extra careful in managing patients with complex conditions or redistribution issues. Concerning groups include patients with severe sepsis or malnourished patients with refeeding problems. Also, patients with gross edema due to underlying renal, liver or cardiac failure would require less fluid. The same goes for cases of post-op fluid retention and redistribution. On the other end of the spectrum, we have patients who might require more fluids than the average joke. Burns patients are a prime example as they experience a combination of hypovolemic and distributive shock. After determining the burn size as a percentage of total body surface area, the amount of fluid to be delivered may be calculated using various formulas.
A common one is the Parkland burn formula, which estimates this requirement as weight in kilos, multiplied by 4 ml per kilo, and then multiplied by the percentage of total body surface area. In cases of massive hemorrhage or critical care patients, do consider giving additional blood products and other supportive treatment as well. And that's all for our two-part podcast on fluids. Our aim is not for you to become a fluid whiz after this, but we hope you're more comfortable with the types of fluids available and how to use them. Quick recap, the five R's of fluid management, resuscitation, retained maintenance, replacement, redistribution, and reassessment. Also, when calculating maintenance fluids, remember the 4 to 1 rule for hourly rate and the 150-20 rule for daily requirement. All things aside, every patient is different, and whenever in doubt, it's always wise to seek help. Thanks so much for tuning in. Do share with us your thoughts about this podcast series and what you'd like to see in future episodes. As always, stay safe and keep learning.